Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. This week, we, we start our series by asking a simple question. Who are we? Now, this particular question can be asked in a variety of different contexts, but we're going to skip the broad and, and look at the narrow. We're going to examine this question in the context of the church. The church universal, yes, to a degree, but, but also the church local. Who are we? As Calvary Church here in Bergenfield, New Jersey, who are we? We're going to look at that question today, and then a few other questions that pertain to it, that spring out from it in the coming weeks as we continue this series. And before we can ask the question, who are we, as it pertains to the church, it it would be pertinent to ask the question, what is the church? To begin to find out answers, let us turn to our text for this morning, Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 15 to 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the work of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. Lord, I pray that you would speak through your word today, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. Praise in your name. Amen. We can see in our scripture passage this morning that the question, what is the church, is answered. First, our passage focuses on Christ. It talks about the grace of God for us, his people, the immeasurable greatness of his power, which he used to save us, to free us from the trap we had gotten ourselves stuck in through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And then, to answer our question this morning, we can focus on verses 22 and verse 23, which read, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are the body of Christ, and Jesus is our head. The body of Christ. Paul gives us a more detailed picture of what that looks like in 1 Corinthians 12, as Dolores read this morning. In Corinthians, Paul is working through the diversity of the body, how each member 
has different roles, how we are all brought together in unity under the head, that through Christ we are unified as the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 30 reads, Now you who are the, bo- you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, and helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? We are individually members of the body of Christ. And each of us has a different role to play. Your neighbor will have a different gift than you do. Your spouse will have a different gift than you do or set of gifts. Karen and I have a very different set of gifts. We're very different people that function in very different ways. Yet we work together as a married couple. She is able to meet needs with our children that I am not. She's able to meet needs in our marriage that I am not. And to a lesser degree, vice versa. Our marriage, our our relationship would not work as well if we were the exact same person. If we were both feet, how would we pick anything up without a hand? If we were both eyes, how would we hear anything? Each of us is given a different role, a different part to play. And it is important to recognize that each of us have a part. Each of us individually make up the body of Christ, and we are all unified in Him. Though different, unified. We each have a role, we each have a place. And He is in control. He is the head of the body, the head of the church. So that's one way that uh, the Bible talks about the church. That's one way that, that God addresses the church qualifies the church? How else does he do it? How else does the Bible describe the church? In in John 10, the biblical image of the church is a flock of sheep. And Jesus is the good shepherd. We read, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. In John 10, 27 to 28. In Ephesians 5, the church is the bride of Christ. We read that he loves the church and gives everything up for her, even his own life. And that she will live in beauty and holiness with him forever. We also get this illustration in Revelation 21. Stephen Mueller, in his book on doctrinal theology, puts it this way. Traditionally, the church has always been addressed with feminine pronouns. The church is not an it, but a she. And this reflects the biblical image of the church as the bride of Christ. Retaining this biblical vocabulary helps us understand that the church is in a loving relationship with her God and Savior. So according to Scripture, the church is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and the sheep of His pasture. 
What is the church according to us? How do we see the church? When we think of the church, what, what comes to mind? What do we think of? In the movie Memento, Leonard Shelby tries to track down his wife's killer. Complicating the search is the fact that as a result of a blow to the head by the murderer, Leonard suffers from an anterograde amnesia, a condition that makes it impossible for him to remember anything new for more than a few minutes. To cope with his amnesia, Leonard creates a complicated system of notes, Polaroid photos and tattoos to remember facts and string together evidence to find his wife's killer and exact revenge. Unfortunately, several shady characters try to manipulate Leonard's condition for their own gain. Using his amnesia against him, they tell him lies about his past, who he is, and their intentions for him. As the movie progresses, doubt is cast on Leonard's version of the story, and you begin to wonder if the Leonard the movie portrays is really the true Leonard. In one important scene, Teddy, Leonard's crooked friend, says to him, You don't know who you are anymore. Of course I do, Leonard responds. I'm Leonard Shelby. I'm, I'm from San Francisco. No, that's who you were, Teddy says. Maybe it's time you started investigating yourself. What follows is a series of revelations about Leonard that cause him to question the identity he's built for himself. He then suffers a severe identity crisis that leads to the movie's shocking ending, all because he can't remember who he is. Do we know who we are? Do we know who we are? Often when we think of the church, we think of it as a place that we go, right? It's a place that we belong to. It's four walls and a roof. In our case, it includes a beautiful vaulted ceiling. It has a basement where we fellowship, eat, learn, and play games. Now, it's a wonderful blessing to have these four walls and the roof and the beautiful vaulted ceiling and the basement. God has provided all these things, and, and we are to be good stewards of them and to use them in such a way that his name is glorified and that the kingdom is increased. But we also need to be careful. We need to be careful that the building does not become the identity of the church. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? Are you following as churches, as, as a church, we can get to a point where our identity as part of the church is wrapped up in the physical church that we attend. Again, it's important to belong to a church body. It's important to be faithful in giving our time, energy, and finances so that the church body can function as a unit and so that it can be healthy and ready for use by God in ministering to those in her community. But it is important that the church is not defined by her ministries, her giving, her four walls, or her history. That is not what makes us a church. They are good things, things that God desires to use and desires us to give. But they are not what make us 
a church. The movie Thor Ragnarok came out this past November. And in the movie, Thor's home planet of Asgard is under attack from his older sister, Helia. Thor is is worried that, that Asgard will be lost forever, and he turns to his father, Odin, asking for guidance. How do, I, how do I stop this? What do we do? How are we going to deal with this situation? I can't stop her. She's too strong. She's too powerful. And how, how does Odin respond? He turns to his son and he says, Asgard is not a place. Asgard is a people. Asgard is a people. Though the buildings fall, though the foundations crumble and are torn apart, Asgard remains because her people remain. The church is not a place. The church is a people. It is a body, the body of Christ. And so when we invite our friends to church, they may sit within our four walls, may enjoy the beauty of our vaulted ceiling, may eat in our basement, but when they come to our church, They are fellowshipping with the body of Christ. We are inviting them to spend time with the body of Christ and praying that they might become part of the body. When we launch new ministries or continue to support old ones, we are not launching and supporting ministries of Calvary. We are responding to the call of Christ and are launching and supporting His ministries. They belong to Him, not to us. They are not the property of Calvary, but the calling of God. And so we do not have ownership of them. Furthermore, we are not defined by our ministries. How can we be defined by something that doesn't belong to us? No, we are simply responding to his call when we launch and participate in them. The church is not the building or the ministries. The church is the people that God uses to take care of the building he has entrusted to them and to partake in the ministries that he has called them to. He is the head. We are the body. He instructs, nurtures, and cares for us. And we respond to his direction and calling in our lives, using the gifts that he has given us for those purposes. As we think on these truths, I'm reminded of the question that got us here. What is the church? And I realize it's not the right question. The right question is, who is the church. Who is the church? I love the way that Pastor Jeff Vanderstelt defines the church. He says, The church is the regenerate people of God, saved by the power of God, for the purposes of God in this world. The regenerate people of God, saved by the power of God, for the purpose of God in this world. Our verses today back this statement up. According to our passage today, you, brothers and sisters, if you are believers in Christ, 
If you believe in his death in your place and resurrection from the dead and subsequent conquering of sin, if you believe all of that is true and have accepted his blood on your behalf, then you are the church. You are the people that have had the eyes of your hearts enlightened in verse 18. You are saved by the power of God. And in verse 19 and 20, we read that what is the, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. And God will use you to fulfill his purposes. Verse 18 continues, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? You are the regenerate people of God, the people that God has brought back to life. For we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but he has saved us, not because of our works, but because of his love and his grace. And we've been saved by the power of God, which was manifest in Jesus, rising from the dead after he had borne the weight of all our sin with him on the cross and through his resurrection conquered it, reconciling us with God. And in that relationship, we are called for the purpose of God in this world. To do what he has called us to do. Some of us to be the arms, some of us to be the legs, some of us to be ears and eyes. Each of us have a role. Each of us play a part. We are the body of Christ. That's who the church is. Let us be defined by that. Let us emanate that. Let the people in this community see us as the body of Christ first and the church on Arlington and West Clinton second. In the coming weeks, as we continue our series asking the question, who are we? We're going to explore further what it means to be the body of Christ. What it means to be used for the purpose of God in this world. And I hope that you will all be able to join us for that. As you leave the service and the building today, I pray that you would be encouraged the knowledge that you are part of the body of Christ. That though we leave the building, we do not leave fellowship with Him. That we are part of something so much bigger than Calvary. But that Calvary is something God desperately wants to use to call others into relationship with Himself. I pray that you are encouraged in being part of the body of Christ. And if you don't think that you are part of His body, but would like to be. Or maybe you just have some questions. Man, I'd I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Whether that's after church or or for coffee sometime. I I would love that. So please, please take me up on that. That'd be great. As you leave today, God bless you. Fellow arms, legs, hands, feet, ears, eyes fellow body of of Christ. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to minister with you.
as part of the body. Amen.